You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 157. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Have you ever wondered how big an organization needs to be in order to sustain a PMO? Maybe you're wondering if the PMO that you have been thinking you should create for your organization is actually warranted because the organization itself is pretty small. Today, we're going to talk about what is the right size of an organization in order to have a PMO? Does it need to be over 100 people? What about 1,000? We're going to answer that question on today's episode. But before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Engine PMO Implementation Program, your step-by-step guide, training, resources, and support to build or up-level your PMO no matter the size of your organization. We've helped organizations of all shapes and sizes set up PMOs that make a big impact even if you only have a part-time PMO leader. Just go to iepmo.com, that's iepmo.com, to start your Impact Engine PMO journey today. Okay, let's do this. I hear this question a lot. Laura, how big does my organization need to be for a PMO to make sense? Sometimes I get this question from C-suite executives. Other times I get it from project managers who are maybe the only person really doing project management in their organization because it's small. And they're wondering, do we need a PMO? So I'm going to answer that question today because there are a lot of myths out there about what the right size is for your organization to support a PMO. And I'm going to share with you our experience with our clients and students, which might surprise you. So first, we're going to answer that question, and then we're going to look at if you do have a small organization, how do you go about setting up a PMO correctly? So first, what size does your organization need to be to support a PMO? And I think first, we need to take a step back and remove all of the preconceived notions of what a PMO should be. You might be hearing a lot out there around A PMO should look like this, or it should do these things, or it should have these services. And that's actually part of the problem because there is no one size fits all or one way to do things when it comes to a PMO. It needs to be as custom and as specific as the business problems you're solving in your organization that you're solving with services that are digestible, manageable, supportable, and sustainable for your organization. So to say that there should be a certain size is misleading. Just like saying generically that there should be certain services that PMOs do is also misleading. It really depends on the business problems you're solving. So let me tell you about my experience. In our consulting practice here at PMO Strategies, we've helped organizations with as few as 12 staff members set up a PMO. We've also helped organizations that are large, global, well-known brands set up PMOs. And here's the secret. The process you go through is the same. 
The unique system and process that we've created through our Impact Engine PMO program and approach works for all types and sizes of organizations and PMOs. And in fact, a lot of the business problems are still the same. Now, the way you go about solving those problems might be different based on the size of the organization and the appetite for change and the way work gets done. But you still need to follow the same step-by-step process to get there, which I'm going to outline in an upcoming episode called How to Set Up a PMO. Regardless of the size of the organization that you're working in, the role of the PMO is there to address or solve certain business problems and to help the organization achieve the highest possible return on investment for their strategy. Small organizations need this, often even more than large organizations, because every dollar counts, and every bit of energy and focus and time and resources matters. And the need to drive real value quickly, yet sustainably, is even more significant. So don't worry so much about the size of the organization. Instead, focus on the business problem that needs to be solved. If the organization needs to drive a higher return on investment, whatever that return looks like for their strategy through projects, a PMO can help. Now you might start with a PMO of one person that is also managing projects. This is very common. And then grow that as you find success and the needs and the ability to deliver on those needs of the organization grows with you. Now, let me walk you through an example of what happened with that client that had 12 staff members, because you might be thinking there's no way a PMO could be successful with only 12 people in the organization. Well, let me tell you, this organization was actually running a lot of projects. They had a board that was coming up with all these great ideas of things they wanted to do to continue to evolve the organization and provide value to their customers. And as a part of that, they had all of these great initiatives they wanted to do, but they needed to be very strategic with how they aligned their people to make that work happen. And the CEO knew that a PMO was the right answer because he'd had experience with PMOs in other organizations. But the key is to do something that made sense for the size of their organization. And through the setup of this PMO and project management capability development we did together, it was wildly successful. In fact, when we first started, they didn't have a designated PMO leader. They actually didn't even have anyone that was designated as a specific project manager in the organization. But they had a really smart CEO who knew that a PMO could help him solve his business problems, but he wasn't looking for some big, heavy, process-focused organization. He wanted a PMO that was going to solve his business problems. So he asked me for help. And what I did was help him right-size a PMO for his organization that helped him solve his specific pain points. We started with one person that him and his leadership team had identified as being a great candidate internally to help build this capability. And in fact, that person didn't even have any formal project management experience, but the CEO knew that this person had a lot of potential. And boy, did she. 
So what we did in this situation was we started with this one person that didn't have formal project management experience, didn't have experience running a PMO, but was smart, had a great attitude and intuitively knew how to build relationships, which is one of the secrets to success of any project manager and PMO leader. And from there, we at PMO Strategies worked our magic with them. Now, this one person that we started with came on a journey with me and my team as we worked with the CEO and the leadership team to discover their pain points and the challenges they had and really dig deep to find the business problems that needed to get solved. And as we were going through that process, we discovered a lot of things that could be addressed, but because we know the importance of giving them what they want before we give them what they need, we focused on addressing the pain points they had already identified and the challenges they wanted addressed so that we could help them achieve the business outcomes they were looking for. So that talented person they identified worked with me and my team as we went through this entire process. Basically, we taught her how to fish as opposed to doing the fishing for her. Now, you may have heard me say before that you'd never want to outsource your PMO completely. And the reason for that is, is you've got to build the knowledge and the skills and the infrastructure internally so that whatever PMO you set up is sustainable long-term. Now, the first thing we needed to address, this big list of projects they wanted done that they needed to figure out how to prioritize and staff with a very small team of people that were all doing other things other than managing or participating on projects. And so we got creative. So the first thing we did was literally with a whiteboard marker and a whiteboard, listed out all of their strategic initiatives and the things that they had committed to their board or to their customers that needed to get done. We focused on identifying their portfolio. Now, this is something I'm always telling our students and clients that usually this is the place you want to start. What is the work? And sometimes you will have that list. And sometimes you've really got to start with the basics of identifying that list, getting it all in one place so that your leadership team and you can see it all in one place. Because sometimes the fact that it's in people's minds and in other places makes it hard to get a grasp on what the work really is and who you need to accomplish it and how much all of that's going to cost. So basically you're setting up a basic portfolio management structure. So we started with that list, talked about what the outcomes were that needed to be for each one of those, made sure that we built business cases for each one of those, and set about creating project charters for the ones that were ultimately gonna move forward. Now, that list needed to be prioritized, and this executive leadership team needed to go through the process of prioritizing that work. So we did basics built a portfolio, identified measurement criteria to define success and to monitor progress and ensure that we are achieving the outcomes. We scoped out that work and then looked at assigning resources to that work. These are all very basic things, but sometimes that's the place you need to start. And I think too often PMO leaders go down a rabbit hole of thinking they need to do all the things. And they probably don't. You probably don't need to do all the things. Just do the thing they've asked for. And stop assuming that you have to do a whole bunch of other stuff at the same time. What this leadership team wanted 
was to be able to deliver successfully on the commitments they had made to their board and to their customers. That's it. So that's where we focused. We focused on all of the basics that you would need to do step by step in order to lead them on a journey of achieving the intended business outcomes for that portfolio of work. So basic portfolio, basic measurement criteria, strong business cases for each of the initiatives, project charters for all of the ones that moved forward, and making sure that all of that work was prioritized. Now, based on that prioritization and matching resource skill sets, we assigned the people to them, and then we got busy getting busy doing the work. But in order for them to do that work, there was one more thing that needed to happen. Now, remember, this was a very small organization that didn't have a staff of project managers, so we had to build them. And so we did project management training for everyone. So instead of trying to force a square peg in a round hole saying you must have a team of project managers and they must be of a certain certification and must all these things that weren't going to happen in an organization of 12 people, we worked with what we had, which was a smart group of eager people that wanted to do good work and get results. And in fact, I'm often found saying to people, that's really all you need. We focus way too much on certifications to define valuable project managers. And in fact, one of my best program managers for years would not get PMP certified. And I kept begging him to get certified because it was something that was required in our organizations and realized eventually that he was great with or without a certification. That certification didn't actually make him a better program manager. His ability to influence and bring people through change is what made him a good program manager. And that is something that I've taken with me in every organization since. So when I was working with this team of 12 people, we said, you know what? Everybody's going to have to know how to participate in the project management process. Everyone's going to have to know their role and how to behave in a project and how to make sure that that project is successful. So we trained every single one of them. The whole team, the whole 12 staff people got trained in project management. Now, we didn't put them through an extensive certification process. We taught them project management 101. Here's what to do on a project. Here's how to be a part of a project. Here's what to do if you need to lead a project. And the team grew exponentially in their ability overnight because now everybody had new resources and new skills that they could practice on all the work they were doing. So now everybody in the organization could be a project manager and everybody in the organization knew how to participate in the project process to make sure the projects were successful. This alone changed the trajectory of that portfolio of initiatives. And none of them were PMP certified. In fact, if you pay attention to what PMI has been doing over the last year or two, you will notice that they have shifted their language around project managers and they've started talking about change makers and they've really expanded what they consider a project manager in an organization. It's basically anyone that is driving change. And so they've opened the aperture of what a project manager could be and 
has started to provide resources and support for this much, much broader audience, which has been the motto that we've had in all the years we've been running PMO strategies for about a decade now. Put smart people in a room together, give them the resources and knowledge and support they need to do good work, and they will get it done. Now, as this organization continued to show value and continued to improve, they were able to expand from a support perspective around the PMO and project management. So that one person that we took that ultimately became the PMO leader in the organization was still a PMO of one. And in fact, when she started, she was also managing some of the bigger strategic programs, but because everybody in the organization knew how to participate well in the project management process, she was also able to rely heavily on the team to handle that workload. Everybody was making sure that the portfolio was successful and that all the initiatives were achieving their business outcomes. And over time, this PMO leader was able to hire a project manager. So after showing value, getting results, making big things happen, and with a portfolio that was continuing to evolve and grow, there was now a justification to hire a full-time project manager to work for this PMO leader doing project work in the organization. And today, they're still very successful driving big change, leading big strategic initiatives, making a huge impact with their customers with a small organization that's only grown by a few people since we worked with them many years ago now. And this isn't just a one-off story. We have several students in our Impact Engine PMO implementation program and coaching program that started as a PMO of one. Some of them still are PMOs of one, depending on where they are on their journey. And the process you follow is the same. They're having huge wins, getting their seat at the table, and when they trust the process and go through it, they see the results, every single one of them. So my guidance to you is if you think your organization needs a PMO, it probably does. The secret, the key to your success is going to be finding the right fit for your organization and starting small and solving one business problem at a time. And if you don't have a lot of project management experience, or if you don't have a lot of PMO experience, that's okay. In fact, that's why we have the Impact Engine PMO Implementation Program. If you are starting from scratch and you aren't sure what to do, then you need to be following a step-by-step process because in those small organizations, you don't have time to fail. You don't have the opportunity to make mistakes and have a lot of recovery time because the organization is small and mistakes are felt quickly. So follow our Impact Engine PMO implementation process step-by-step and join your peers in our coaching program that are doing this work in organizations around the world. Okay, Impact Driver, thank you so much for being here with me today for this episode. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by the Impact Engine PMO implementation program your step-by-step system, framework, process, resources to take you on the journey from no PMO to a high-impact, value-driven organization in 90 days or less. Just go to iepmo.com. I can't wait to see you there. Now, if you love what you're hearing on these episodes, make sure you download the episodes, hit subscribe, 
so that you always get the latest and greatest from us here at PMO Strategies. We have so much good stuff coming up in the coming episodes. I cannot wait to share it all with you. I hope you have a high impact week. Bye-bye for now.